Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented the Podcast. In each episode, you will hear a fascinating story from one of our guests. And yes, it is real. This series is aimed at English learners who want to improve their listening comprehension by listening to a variety of accents. Today, you're going to be hearing from Yuto, and he is the podcast host of Quirky Japanese. Hello, and welcome to episode number 31. Today, I am speaking with Yuto, who is Japanese and is currently living in Australia. I discovered Yuto because he has a very cool podcast called Quirky Japanese. And I would love to go and visit Japan, especially when this pandemic is over. Uh, I would be there in a heartbeat. So I was quite excited to chat to Yuto and talk about some of the cultural differences between Australia and Japan. I'm going to just dive in to some vocabulary and some phrases that were used during the interview. Yuto uses the word share house to explain where him and his partner were living when they first met. So he says they were both living in an international share house. Now, basically, this compound word share house basically means that you're sharing a house with multiple people. And usually this happens when you're going to university. During this same conversation, Yuto used the French word cliché. And he said, now this is a cliché. So a cliché is something that is quite predictable and what you expect. So if, say, a man asks a woman to go to dinner with him and he brings roses and chocolates when he picks her up. So you can see that this is a bit of a, possibly an expectation. You could also even say it's a stereotype. So a cliche is something that is not a surprise and it actually makes a little bit of sense. I start chatting to Yuto about an animation company from Japan called Studio Ghibli. And Studio Ghibli is pretty much quite like, um, if I'm going to compare, I guess a comparison's not really fair, but it would be uh, close to how Disney is in Western society. So Studio Ghibli is huge. Uh, People watch all their films all the time in Japan, but not only in Japan, it's got a really big following worldwide. One of the most famous characters from the Studio Ghibli films is Totoro. Google it, make sure you watch a Studio Ghibli film. I'm a huge fan of them, but uh, my friend Totoro is one of the best and it's a great family-friendly film that I love watching with my children. During this conversation, Yuto asks me uh, what language I watch the films in. I love watching them in Japanese with English subtitles. And he uses the word voiceover. Now, voiceover 
means when somebody is speaking over something. Now, in previous episodes, I've used the word dub. Uh, Voiceover generally is uh, spoken over something. So, a voiceover, you can sometimes hear uh, another voice in the background. For example, a voiceover would happen when somebody on the news could be speaking in one language and then they have a voiceover that will translate that and have somebody speaking in uh, the language that the television show is being broadcast in. So say if I had somebody uh, speaking Japanese and there might be a voiceover speaking over them in English. So you could slightly hear the Japanese uh, language, but the majority of it is in English. You could also have a voiceover part where somebody's speaking in a film or a TV show and they're not actually a character in the story. They could be the narrator. So that's another time when a voiceover can come in on film. A phrase that Yuto used, which is actually quite common in English, uh, is tell me about it. And I actually probably didn't say it that well then. He was like, oh, tell me about it. And people use that to be like exaggerating something. So say if um, they're saying, oh, it's really hot today. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, it's so hot. Okay, so you're emphasizing something. Or you could use it, say, if someone's jokes aren't funny and you say, oh, these jokes, they're so boring. And you could say, oh, tell me about it. So you're agreeing with that person and you're sort of um, emphasizing, yes. I think you've heard enough from me. Let's get on with the interview. Today I am speaking with Yuto. He is Japanese and he has a really cool podcast called Quirky Japanese. Welcome, Yuto. Hi, Kimberly. Nice to meet you. Yes, thank you. And what's really cool is, well, actually, Japan is on the same time usually as Australia, but you are in Australia. You're in Melbourne. So tell us why you're there. Well, it's long story. To short, I met my partner in Japan in Tokyo, so where I am from, and the lab brings us to Australia, so I'm living with her in Melbourne. Oh, and is she Japanese as well? So she grew up in Melbourne. And so she's Australian. Okay. So that's, that's always usually the case why people move to another country for love. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So you both work together in Japan? Um, where we met was in a share house, sort of um, international share house. Um, so we were just a friend when I met her first time. And ask her out, walked out. It sounds like a cliche. It sounds cliche, <laughs> but it's like a very um, traditional, you know, love story. It's, and does she speak Japanese? She does. Uh, we try to speak more often in Japanese in Australia, which is good for her study. And her level is quite high. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I... I would love to learn Japanese. I think it's such a lovely language. I'm learning French, but the French love 
a Japanese culture too. They're always playing on TV. Um, Studio Ghibli. My husband oh. even bought for me um, the film. I remember I've got the DVD. I think it's Spirited Away. Is it right. English name? Is that yeah. right? Do you know that film? I know the film. Yes. So we um and we we try and take our kids because sometimes they'll have them on at the cinema here in Australia, and mm. uh, oh I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the big character, the uh, children. Totoro. Yeah, uh, Totoro. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. yes, that is it. We've taken our kids to see that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> kids love Ghibli movie. I think it's a um sort of like um grown up movies and sort of. Um, reflecting Japanese culture sometimes, so it's cool to start with, you know. Um, so have you watched the um, one of the Ghibli movie in French or with English voiceover? We prefer to watch in Japanese. Right. However, with my kids, because my son is only seven, we watch it in English with him. But when it's my husband and I, we watch it in Japanese. Great. Um, that's the right way to do, um, to watch a Ghibli movie. I'm not a, um, like strict to watching movie with subtitles or anything, but um, especially Ghibli movies sort of developed the English voiceover over the time. So, for example, um, the Totoro is called Ali Ghibli movie. Um, because sorry, I'm talking to this because this is like accented podcast. So I want to introduce one example of English accent in Ghibli's movie. Is yes. that right? Yes, sure. Um, so Totoro is like um Ari Ghibli movie. So they put um English voiceover with American accent, which um did well in America. Sort of um famous actors and you know um actor actresses in it. But towards the end of Ghibli movie, they put like sort of more British accent in it. So you see the um, um, development of it. It's really funny to watch it with English accent. That's my hobby these days. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I should check that out. It's interesting because with cartoons, generally, I don't think it matters if you watch it in your language, like say for a Disney film. Mm. So my kids go between because they're bilingual, they speak English and French. So sometimes they might watch a Disney film in French. But when it comes to these um like Studio Ghibli, I it's it's so much better in Japanese. Like I don't know why, but it's to watch it in English, it just I think it takes away from it. You really yeah. need to watch it in Japanese. I, I I see what you mean. Like um like especially um no offense to all like Americans, but no um especially like American accents sort of have strong um emphasis, you know, lot in, in words. So sort of op opposite to Japanese, which doesn't have uh, any um strict emphasis in the word. You know, for example, like you English have stresses, right? Like uh, yes. participations or like all words as stresses but Japanese doesn't have it necessary so, so that the, I see what you mean like the um, Japanese version have the feeling of it you know yes the feeling yeah. that's that's what I was looking for it has and it's different you're right because we uh, have a stress on words in different parts and the way oh god yeah and just sometimes 
Yeah. <laughs> no, that's – and it's just interesting. Like sometimes uh, even the characters you see when their face gets really big and they're like crying out and mm. in Japanese they're doing that and I'm like, why Why are they doing that? Or, you know, in English we wouldn't necessarily do it there. So that's what I think is fascinating about the culture right. is it's obviously cultural and it just – it it seems to sound better. I, I yeah. Yeah, take the example of the like sort of facial expression in Japanese. So it's sort of like gibberish and sort of um, animatic, you know, like big expressions like laughing and crying. But in, in gibberish movie, like Totoro's characters, like crying and like laughing all the time with sort of like plain Japanese accent. So we sort of need that um, like obvious um, uh, sign to the, to communicate to the others, you know, because we don't have that strong accents as opposed to the English accent have really um, strong stresses. No, that's that's so true. So tell me about your podcast, Quirky Japanese. Who is it for? Is it for Australians or anyone in the world that just wants to find out about the Japanese culture? My podcast is for made for sort of um, Australian and Japanese. So I introduce Japanese news to Australian as foreign correspondent. And I introduce Australian news to the Japanese as, you know, Australian resident, temporary resident. So sort of um, delivering to like both countries' listeners, but somehow American loves it. I don't know. I love listening to the differences between Japanese culture and Australia. What is really different to you that you're like, oh, my goodness, this is so foreign? Oh God, hundred examples, but um, yeah, I don't know which one I should take. But well, just food, I guess. Um, you know, Australians' food is generous amount of um serving, but when you go to Japan, <laughs> it's like a um food for cat. It's like a really tiny dishes. So that's a big surprise when I came to Australia. You guys must eat very small portions. I should eat like a Japanese person. <laughs> oh, I mean, like I love eating and cooking, so I don't try. I don't. I'm not criticizing it, but just really big. It just I can't finish it when you go to breakfast. It's like a like three eggs and like two big toasts and yeah. But I get used to it, you know. <laughs> no, that it is true. They are bigger portions, and I agree with you because. I even have my portion sizes are a lot smaller now and even what I eat, um, you know, growing up as an Australian and now having lived in Italy and in France and the French have very small portion sizes. So maybe the Japanese and French should, um, (laughs) yes, go to a restaurant in uh, France and it's very small. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> quality not the quantity yeah. yes quality not quantity exactly but you are right um the portion sizes here are quite uh, yeah especially restaurants and i think mm. you get annoyed in australia if you don't have a big portion size you're like hey that's not what i paid for <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean like often i can't finish it just leave it on the table so that's uh, a little bit rude in japanese culture like leaving food on the dish Oh, really? Sort of similar to the Chinese culture, but yeah. So that's why I feel embarrassed often in Australia. 
What else do you feel embarrassed about? Because nobody oh. would worry here about leaving food on the more at a restaurant. Um, I know, oh, not so much at someone's house. At least if you try, um, mm-hmm. but, and if you can't eat it, people won't be offended. Mm. Yeah, I mean, between friends, fine. Uh, you know, um, what else? I feel embarrassed if uh, my dogs um. You know, they urinated like in a very awkward position, like someone's post or, you know, someone's property. That's when I feel embarrassed. Wow, that is fascinating. I don't think Australians care so much about that. No, they don't. They don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So you have to have a well-trained dog in Japan. Well, uh, when you go to there, you realize how tiny dogs are in Japan. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're generally well-trained because they're usually house dogs as opposed to Australians and outside dogs or maybe, I don't know, but they're really tiny in Japan. What type of dog do you have? Um, all sorts. It's a mixed breed usually because it's, you know, they, they design this mess up their DNAs and, like, they make it smaller and smaller. So, like, poodles and, like, um, ducks fund and um, yeah, Shiba Inu. I guess Shiba Inu is like middle size, but I'll have to look up that of, dog. I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. It's a tiny dog, is it? Ah, oh, they're really tiny. It's like a size of toaster. It's very tiny. How do you feel about the bathroom situation here? Because what I understand mm. is, do you have a shower first, then go into the bath? Like, would you ever just go straight into a bath? I have high standard to the bathroom <laughs> situation. And I have to say, because the uh, hygienic, we were hygienic in Japan, I, I'd say. So to take an example, like, you know, the beginning of the um, coronavirus, everyone worried about like washing hands and like, you know, keep distance, wearing masks. So like, Japan did that well in, in that terms. So, like, go to the public toilet, you see cleaners everywhere, and like they're doing, like, you know, hourly cleanings, and you don't have to touch anything in the toilet. The doors open automatically, the toilets open automatically, and they just, you know, you know, you urinate it that right spot and just go back to, you know, public. So, I say the Australia's public toilet was a bit. Bit of disappointment, but I, I get used to it, you know. <laughs> if you're brought up that way, look, I I must say I was at the beach the other day with my family and I don't think anybody likes to go to a public toilet. Mm. But I didn't I didn't want to touch the door either. And with yeah. COVID nineteen, I was thinking, mm, I'm gonna quickly sanitize my hands after that because it's Going to a toilet that everybody's been to. I love the fact that the automatic doors, that is brilliant. Yeah, yes, yes. So it's, it's sort of like a, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say, but yeah. <laughs> it must be such a cultural shock, I think, coming to Australia. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It, it was a big transition from Japan to Australia because I, since I've never been living in any other countries apart from just traveling, you know, short time, short term. So, yeah, like first year as a working holiday visa holder, 
it was hard to find job in Australia in a local cafes or um, anywhere you know where lo- locals work. So I just worked within Japanese community. So it was good in that way, but my English wasn't very good at that moment. But yeah, like as you live more and you watch news and you know take local papers and you sort of understand like what's the um sort of like pragmatics in the community and mm. um, this sort of pragmatics is the word in like linguistics like to understand the um sort of uh, implication behind the language so in in japan for example the news is really different um for example um, there's a news like this. The government considered to declare the nationwide state of emergency in response to the widespread coronavirus record 4,000 cases yesterday. So in English news, you, don't say, you wouldn't say consider to declare if that is news. You would say government declare nationwide state of emergency in response to the widespread coronavirus. So, but it's important to say to consider because the government hasn't decided. So that sort of um, difference within news language is also a big part of the um, cultural revelation to me. So uh, that was the wow, wow moment, you know, like, whoa, the English is very clear, you know. So tell me, do you have a news background? Yes, I do. I studied broadcasting in radio major in college, then worked two years for a company called TV Tokyo. And I, I was an assistant to producer of TV program. It sounds cool, but I was a salary man. You know the salary man? <laughs> no, what's that? Um, it's a word. It's like an ordinary worker, sort of like everyone start working for companies, do doing this and that, miscellaneous things. So, yeah, so I was just a <laughs> salary man. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Accented. And I'll make sure to put the link to your podcast in the show notes because I really think people should go out and listen to it and find out more about Japanese news and Japanese culture. Thanks for having me, Marie. Bye-bye. Bye. Matane. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.